What's up, everyone? It's February 19th, 2020. You guys listen to the Dub Jelson podcast. And today I got my boy Will Weisbrod, the third. What up? The third. And Perota will be talking on this podcast today, not just playing on his keyboard. Yeah, not just, turn, <laughs> not just turning knobs today. All right, so you guys are both a part of the, the uh, Purdue Grand Prix team for Pi Kappa Alpha. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so how did you guys get started with that? Um, it was kind of definitely a major selling point of this house when I rushed here. wasn't originally planning to rush when I came to Purdue, um, but it was something I was super interested in. Like, growing up, just an absolute, like, gearhead, loving cars, loving engines. I felt like it was a good way for me to get closer in that in that field and kind of develop um, a network in racing, something I'd really like to pursue after college. Not necessarily being a driver, but mm-hmm. love to apply my engineering skills to something in the racing industry. So, it was definitely a big thing for me. I saw it as a great opportunity, so kind of just jumped right into it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as him. I've always been, like you said, a gearhead ever since I was little. I love working with my hands, you know, love engines, love machines, love <laughs> love, when, love when things run. So, you know, uh, even before I actually accepted my offer to Purdue, I ended up, you know, doing a little research about the program, and it was actually a pretty big, you know, draw to come here. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted to get involved with it as soon as I possibly could, and uh, this house kind of provided that opportunity. So, Perota, I know you're, like, more of the – on like the engineering side of um, our Grand Prix team. But Will, you're our driver, or one of two drivers, the other one's Jake Seifried. Um, why did you want to drive in it and not, like you talked about the engineering aspect of it mm-hmm. and that's why you joined, yeah. but why did you want to drive in it? Honestly, okay, so my, my freshman year at Purdue, I was not on the Pike Grand Prix team. I lived in Cary across the street, so I was on their team. And I kind of, like, I interviewed for a pit crew spot there, got involved a little bit with that, but they didn't really let me do too much as a freshman. So you had to interview with them? Yeah, so I had to interview to get a pit crew spot. That's a whole nother story, but Bunch basically... Bunch of jeans. They, they, Bunch they, of jeans is what it is. They get everyone to pay $150 in sponsorship money, everyone that's interested in the club. And then as soon as they get that money, they interview people and they accept, like, six of them. So they take everyone's wait, money. Wait, 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 wait. So you have to pay so you, yeah, to get an interview? To basically, you have absurd. to get $150 in sponsorship money, and if you don't do that, that's like they ask you for a family donation of $150. And that's then after crazy. that, that's they interview absurd. people. So they, they get all their money, they collect all that before the cut happens. That's So, so yeah, I, was, I, I basically was binded to that my freshman year. I dropped $150 of my own money into that, and it was on that pit crew. Learned a little bit. Didn't let me do too much. And then um, <clears throat> one of the older guys in the house, his senior year, kind of pulled me over to our team my sophomore year, so last year, my rookie year. And um, I was planning on joining anyways. I was just planning on being on the pit crew. And they ended up not having a driver for their second cart. So I was like, I mean, I'll take it. It wasn't something I expected to get into mm-hmm. at all. But, like, also as a driver, like, I do a lot of the work on my cart itself. Like, I, it's not like it's untouched by me, like, I'm working on that several days a week and kind of doing that for myself. And at the same time, like as a driver, like once practice hits here in a month, like as a driver, you know how the cart feels on the track and you know like exactly what needs adjusted. So like if you know how to adjust that on your own, like it's best if you can go use your hands and make the fine adjustments you need to do. Yeah, yeah no one no one knows what the cart needs better than the person who yeah. drives it. Yeah, definitely. So talk a little bit about like the process that goes from like we started school and – we start in August, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. August up until race day, which is May. 
April. Late April. End of April, yeah. Sure. April right, 25th, sorry. 2020. Be there. <laughs> Putting on a show. <laughs> Might be sponsored by the Dub Jelson Podcast. Who knows? I think so. I think Never so. Know. Oh, it for sure will. <laughs> I'll drop the bands. I don't care. <laughs> All right, so just talk about, like, the process from when you – when you're beginning at the beginning of school mm-hmm. up until um, race day? Because I know you guys did a few races last semester. Yes. When it was warm enough. To yes. Go. So that was actually, I think, the first time in, like, three or four years this house did that. And so that was kind of our – That's shocking to me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I feel like it would be very, very useful to do that. Oh, oh yeah. It and it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's it's a hell I mean, we identified how many issues – a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a know, huge like, fuel issue. That was probably, you know, <laughs> our problems last year. If we would have not found that fuel issue until we started practice next month. We would have lost We would have, we just wouldn't. Yeah. We would not have been able to race properly. Mm-hmm. It took us a, yeah. what, four tries to get it? Yeah, I mean. It, and it's still, we still have work to do on it. But at least we know what the problem was. At first, it was just like, what is happening? What is going on? Mm-hmm. And then from there, we went to, okay, I, I think we have, like, the issue you know, narrowed down to a fuel problem, and then yeah. it's finding the solution to that, which we're still, we're at the further end of that, but we're still in that process of finding the best solution. Yeah, I mean, it took us, like, back in the fall, a few weeks to kind of dwindle it down to, like, what the issue was, mm-hmm. and, like, it ended up being, we think, something, like, within the fuel tanks, but, like, we weren't sure if it was, like, an ignition problem, like, the engine just wouldn't ignite, or, like, the spark plug was bad, or what, so that took several weeks, and we, we raced in three different races back in the fall, and didn't see checkered once the first two races each being 15 laps the third being 100 which we didn't even get to start because of a whole nother issue so we don't know if the fuel issue was solved by then or not but yeah so basically we hadn't run in the fall in the last few years and I think it was something Jake and I really wanted to do to kind of get our our bugs out of the way before we get here in the spring in the more stressful and shorter time period um so it's kind of just it's it's basically the same process except you don't have the inspection and all of that. You kind of just yeah. run your cart and it's against other Purdue carts. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's much more efficient to do our yeah. testing in the fall because we're not regulated by Purdue or Grand Prix mm-hmm. Purdue in any way, which is incredibly helpful for moving yeah. quickly. Yeah. Because you know every everything you do, they check and that takes time, of course. So mm-hmm. being able to just go out there, race, come in, fix something, go out, race, not yeah. have to worry about a ton of people being on the track. Mm-hmm. made a huge difference and i really hope that we get to do that next year yeah no definitely it's definitely gonna be something in the future especially with your rookie season coming up next fall or at least that's what the plan is you're so, driving next year that's yes the plan. <laughs> i gotta make sure oh, I'm not, yeah. i gotta make sure i'm not going abroad <coughs> i gotta go get that i gotta get that figured out i'll I gotta kill get that you figured if you go abroad that happens Actually, i won't uh, that'll be super dope but i'll come visit you're, you're happens, probably gonna have to kill have to me pick up the other yeah. car i'll be so sad yeah w you gonna drive yeah, I mean, if I, he's gone, you may have to pick up the wheel, man. Sure. <laughs> we got a couple of promising kids coming in, though, right? We do, I think. We've got a couple of kids who are pretty technically and mechanically skilled that have experience with that, so that should be a lot of help. Yeah, that helps. But, that definitely helps. Yeah. So after those fall races in between, um, like the end of those three races, and then now, what have you guys done with um, the cart? Or involving the cart, I guess. Kind of, I mean, the main thing was after the fall races going back and looking at, like, what parts on the cart were damaged or need replaced. Um, so if you kind of, kind of do that ahead of time, like, I went a few weeks ago and just literally brought notes, a ruler, a tape measure, and just got a list of a bunch of parts I needed and then ended up putting several hundred dollar order of parts in and then had those before I started working again here in the spring. So basically that's, like, your, I guess we'll call it reset period 
to kind of go and get everything ready for the spring mm-hmm. and see everything you need to replace because like the stuff wears pretty quickly yeah it's yeah. pretty rapid yeah. and, uh, you know if you ask any other grand prix teams you'll know that a lot of people don't finish the race mm-hmm. yeah it's more endurance than speed um you know so if you can find out what's going to break before it breaks <laughs> that's huge exactly so that's that's what the the winner is really for yeah. it's just going through and just be like all right what can we afford to replace yeah mm-hmm. exactly and then from now until race day obviously what do you guys all have to, like do you guys have practice runs and qualifying on the actual track yeah so um i think the week a week after spring break ends is rookie practice which we don't have to attend this year because jake and i are both second year drivers but um and I believe it's Monday through Thursday or Tuesday through Friday, like five to seven. There's practice every day for two weeks. I think it's two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. And then there's qualifying like a Saturday, like a week or two before the race and then the race. So kind of between that, between practices and qualifying, just replacing whatever breaks in practice. Mm-hmm. Things um, do. Yeah, things will break in practice. Oh, yes. Yeah, especially when you get flipped in practice and roll a couple times. So <laughs> that's a nice $1,600 repair. <coughs> Yeah, you guys were kind of a shit show last year. What the hell went on? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, uh, that's. So we went out for rookie practice. That went pretty well. I think I ran like 86 laps or so, which is over half the actual Grand Prix. It's like 160. So for a first day out, that was like exceptional. I yeah, think I think I, I think our first day might have been the best day. Yeah. all of last year. Oh yes, 100. percent I I ran slow times as it was my first day and everything wasn't like tuned right, but. I think that set the bar really high for me in terms of what I expected out of practice. So everything after that was just an absolute shit show. Like I go out for the second practice that like Tuesday or Wednesday and I'm just like chilling, trying to get around this kid that drives for Tarkington. And I finally, finally get a nice like lunge on him going into like a hairpin turn, turn two or three or whatever people call it. And I kind of dipped down inside of him and he lost control of the cart and hit me like in my back right wheel. Mm-hmm. And then I just flipped over the front left of my cart and rolled. And then ended up landing on all four wheels, luckily. But it was pretty insane. It was fun. Like, it was a good time. But I'd be freaking the hell out. Yeah. I mean, my heart rate was definitely up there. Um, but thank God for the roll cage. Like, I trust yeah. that Yeah, at least now. those things work, <laughs> huh? Yeah. <laughs> now we know. So. And then you guys also uh, ran out of gas during the actual race, didn't you? Uh not quite the actual race, but... The sprint so, race before the actual yeah, race. Yeah, so fast forward a couple of weeks. We qualify 33rd out of 33rd in qualifying. There, there's, <laughs> no, no, no. There's 49 qualifying that day, but there's 33 that make the race. You guys so the we, race. we hit 33rd, but the final six, I think it's like... I think it's the final six. I think it was six. Yeah, it's six people It's in like the sprint, 27 right? or 28 through 33 are... Um, are kind of cut out to the back of the field where everyone else got cut and then they split whoever was 28 or worse into sprint race groups so that's the day of the race before the grand prix happens and so they split you into groups of six i think there's three of those races i think so and one and two from those races so first and second place guys from those 25 lap races make the um 160 lap race so we ended up starting in second place in our sprint race we thought everything was going well. My dad was like, before before we rolled the cart out to the grid, my dad was like, oh, y'all got fuel, everything, whatever. It was just thumbs up and smiles. We were just walking, <laughs> ready to go. I had my helmet on. It was in the zone. And then um, 
So we start the pace laps and we're going around and everything feels yeah, totally fine. Looking good, yeah. Totally fine. Cart felt fine. Everything felt set up perfectly. Like it was engaging where I wanted it to. And so comes a green flag. The guy in first place literally wipes out in turn one. Like just yeah, he, sends a- it. he absolutely detonated. Yeah, he <laughs> sends it straight into the hay bale. Totally like, detonated. And so I'm like, well, sweet. Like I'm in first place. Like I got 25 and a half or 24 and a half laps to go. Like, I just got to hold my position. And the kids behind me, like, they were slower all year. I just had to make sure my cart didn't break, right? So I'm about two-thirds of the way through this first lap, and, like, I just feel it die. Like, it just cuts. Yeah, it just cut. It it was just, oh, yeah. My heart just dropped. I was like, well, what the hell is going on? I just had no gas. Whose fault was that? I mean, like, we can't really, yeah, we can't really pin the blame on one person. I mean. Crew chief, yeah, you could probably blame it on Yeah. Creed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, was your, it was your fucking fault, Creed. <laughs> yeah, no, it was more. It was it was a combined team was, team effort to just not put gas in the car. That's kind of the. It's important. Yeah, I mean, because we had practiced for an hour and a half that morning before that race, so so you guys just didn't fill it up after. Yeah, I mean, exactly. The, the carts don't burn like a crazy amount of gas. Yeah, so it's like yeah, not that's something true. that's like oh, every time they come in, we need to top it off with gas. No, it's like a. You'd have to what re- re- change gas once during Grand Prix. Yeah, the entire like, like every ninety laps. Race. Yeah, so you you pit like over halfway through the race. You pit at like eighty five or ninety out of one sixty. So like, you don't have to pit very often at all. And I maybe ran forty laps in practice that morning. Yeah, so we probably came with not a full tank. To yeah, <laughs> yeah. But lesson learned. I don't think that we'll do it again. Probably. I no, hope not. If I had to bet, it'd be really freaking funny if it did happen though. Uh, we get, I, we'll, I think we got to, that. we got Tink of the Week for that. <laughs> Did we actually? The whole Grand Prix team. That is Tink of the Week for, uh, for, not, for not putting gas in the team. I might skip chapter. Well deserved. Yeah. So, but yeah, that issue is not going to, hopefully not going to come up again. Yeah. So. So I know that you're a big IndyCar and F1 fan. Mm-hmm. Are there any similarities between our Grand Prix, how we run it, and how it's like gone about, and then IndyCar and F1? Like, I know it's not super similar, yeah. but. Well, there's definitely ways you can relate the two. I guess one way that the most obvious way to relate it to both is they're all open wheel race cars, so mm-hmm. your tires can touch, which yeah. is definitely a, a problem. If that happens, like you're definitely going off track, spinning out, something's gonna happen. Um, and then I guess a big way to compare it to F1, which I don't think a lot of people think about, is money. Like. IndyCar is very uh, strict in terms of money and what you can spend. It's pretty mm-hmm. balanced. Yeah. But F1 is a lot more like – like even something else to compare it to is like the MLB like or or like some of these like European soccer leagues, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can throw as much money as you want at it. So like we don't have a large budget, but there's other houses out there, other like residence halls and stuff that have like huge budgets. So obviously they're given like a better advantage. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest way to compare it. So like that's why you see IUPUI out here running in the top five up on the pole every year. Just like in Formula One, you see Mercedes, Ferrari, all of yeah, that. Big money game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> big it's, money it's, game. It's a big money game. Uh, did you even go watch the race last year? No. Uh, <laughs> he's coming this year. I'm going to try and get him a pit pass. <laughs> That'd be sick. So we're going to get him in there. Some dub talks, all access, media pass. <laughs> yeah, get him a press pass. Get him yeah, a I'm going to act like We'll have, we'll have like a special seat for you. Yeah. I'm going to act like an Cause I'm either gonna be real. What time's the race? Two p.m. I believe. What time do I have to be? Uh, there? Afternoon. Mm, probably noon. One forty-five. Oh, <laughs> all right, bet. <laughs> That's fine. Dude. I was about to say if I had to get there at like six a.m. 
Yeah, no, that's our job. That's our job. I'd be kind of tweaking. I remember a lot, of, a lot of people just end up going to sleep on the gravel. Yeah, I think Spencer brought a pillow or something, or he was going to sleep in the Spencer trailer. Spencer Roskowski were out. Yeah. They were, they were knocked out yeah. by 10, <laughs> 10 a.m. I almost got killed that day by uh, an errant driver from a team. I guess, oh, in I the pits. No, 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 no. no? I went out. So uh, the pit crew has a, another responsibility. They have to send one person from each team, or maybe it's mm-hmm. two from each team out to be a safety worker on the track. And so you stand at each corner <laughs> with the safety marshal for that corner. And if a cart spins out, you have to like either push them back to the pits or you know if there's their engine's still running, you push them back to the track. And there was one sprint race and are we like, like I feel like we should just like flame this person, but like I kind of yeah. want to because like they almost killed me. I don't even know who was it. Uh, it was the driver for the, was it Meredith's team? Oh, don't even oh, get me started. Oh my lord! Like, like, <laughs> like, like when I say, like, like when I say, I almost died. Like, like I like was watching this. So, so what happened was, um, <laughs> I did not think that a cart. So a cart had spun out, and me and Davis Ashbrook, who is also on our team, went over to push it to the pits. And you know, you're just. I don't have any safety gear. I'm just out there, you know, in the grass. So like, technically, you should be okay. You know, you're, you're not on the track. You're, all, you're always yeah. in the grass, but. This like, it was literally a straightaway, and somehow she just came completely off the track. And I don't know how will like, these carts go? What 40, 45? Like, I mean, it's a small track, and they push mid 40s, yeah. And you know, like, <laughs> here she comes, just absolutely just screaming, barreling at me. And I, man, that was fight or flight for sure. I hopped over the cart that we were pushing, I did like a like I was hopping over the hood of a car, like, swing my legs <laughs> up around. I had a, I had a literally saved my life from just i would have had broken legs all kinds of shit but uh, i avoided it it was good she also spun out um probably 15 20 times i think she sent it into the fence too yeah she and she actually didn't finish the race she ended up just like she crashed so many times and then like uh, especially in my car i was on turn two which is like (laughs) so there's the long straightaway past the the finish line and then the hairpin then the then the one the first turn and then i was at the next turn okay down there was yeah so where i where i flipped I, I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the hairpin. Yeah. And anyways, she must have ran into the hay probably once every lap. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. And the, I remember the safety marshal was so upset. He like was like, screaming at her <laughs> after she crashed. She crashed not in our corner the final time. She crashed on the first corner. Just sent it into the no. hay barrels. Like like it just, she just drove straight into him. I don't yeah. know what was <laughs> But he was screaming at her and like they're like yo like chill like she probably has a concussion like, like <laughs> stop yelling at her. Anyways, that was a. That was a bit of a mess, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I avoided. I didn't get hit, so it's all okay. It's good. That that turns a scary turn because like you're going, like I said, like mid forties, and then all of a sudden, like you have to do a full, full. I mean, it's like a hundred ninety, two hundred degrees, and so yeah. like you got to get on the brakes, and they they lock up. Yeah. That doesn't well, make sense. What do you mean? What do you mean it doesn't you make have sense? To do a- what do you mean it doesn't make sense? Is it, a curl? it comes around and then oh, it's more than it's, it's more than, it's it's more than 180. That's why it's called a hairpin. Have you <laughs> seen what a hairpin looks like? Like the end yeah. of it? How yeah. Quit making me look dumb. I so, thought you were just talking about a regular turn. No. No. It's a hairpin. Big turn. Oh, okay. I see. It's like so, it's like you're trying to whip it. Like whip it one eighty, you know? Yeah. Like, like but more like than one. Like you straight up, yeah. So like roundabout kind of. Yeah, like around. It's like it's like it's going, like going from the, yeah. It's like, it's like a one, the same exit, exit of the roundabout as you entered. came in. Yeah, it's like going all the way around the roundabout, kind of. Yeah, oh, okay. but almost, almost. <laughs> but in a lot more confined <coughs> space. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I think our Grand Prix 
and like what we do here is just leaps and bounds better than the the nonsense that they do at Indiana <laughs> University. Yes, well, it of is. Of course, You're riding some I mean, bikes. like that's just default. I think we're better at IU than everything. Better than IU at everything. Most things, except for medical school. Except for except like, for maybe yeah. partying. Except for maybe partying, but. That's it's okay. All we're, all, we're all going to be richer than them. That's it's why they okay. all work at McDonald's. Right. Right. So they, <laughs> they maybe, maybe they had a better <laughs> four years Ronald's of partying, pants. but like also, I'm going to have a better, I don't know, how long do you think I'm going to live? 50. You think <laughs> I'm going to live till 50? You know, no, you're, you're, gonna you're going to live 50 I'm going to live till 80. I'm going to live till 70. 70 at least. Okay. So I'm going to have a better 50 years. Yeah. Post-college. Yeah. I'm going to have a much better 50 years than them. And we're better at basketball. Even though we suck this year, we're still better at basketball. We're still better. We'll always be better. But, uh, yeah, I mean, people talk about how Little Five is so much better than Grand Prix. But I just don't see how it's any better. Like, if if you actually go to Little Five, and you sit there, and you watch 100 laps of people riding bicycles, what are you doing with your life? I mean, like at least so, we fun, have... so like the whole point of a bike race, you know, like the Tour de France, and you know, it's like you don't go in laps. You like go and you like go to this like really cool place and, and you bike from one to place to another place. Yeah, I don't want to watch you drive on a racetrack with a bicycle. That's 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 horrible. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go paint like a wall, like you know, and like watch it <laughs> drive. That's 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 what it's equivalent to. to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when when you hear Little Five is better than Grand Prix and all that. I think you're hearing all the the college white girls talking about, like, not necessarily the specific race, but the week of partying leading up to it itself. Yeah, they're probably right about that. Yeah. But as far as the bike race, I just – There's a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, I mean, just the engineering behind Purdue Grand Prix is what I think, like, single-handedly blows Little Five away. Mm-hmm. There's just so much more behind it. Like, what you see on race day is not everything. Yeah. It's like NASCAR or IndyCar F1 or one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, talk about NASCAR. You guys see that Ryan Newman crash? I know Will saw. He was in. Our yeah, that was yeah, scary. I saw that. Purdue alum. Yeah, that was terrifying. That was cra- I thought he was dead. Me too. Yeah, I can't. I mean, like honestly, when you get does hit that, like, that the, hard. oh my lord, like does that speak to like the technology they put in these cars? Also, like that's part miracle, part technology. Yeah. I'd I say. mean, I'd split that. That sure. was crazy. But he's upside down. He's he literally was in the and air. Gets t boned. In the driver's side at, like, 190-plus yeah, miles like an hour. That's insane. And that's, he, he walks so out happy. of it oh, I'm so less happy than 48 that. hours later. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, that he was, was literally That walking. was really scary to watch. Yeah. He was walking out like nothing happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. That like, was, like, you just flew. Like, you just you're, can't, like, you believe just flew. It. It's hard to believe. That's crazy. That someone could get hit that hard at that angle. And then slide on the driver's... Um, the driver's side, like at an angle. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah he was, he was upside time, down yeah. and slid a couple hundred feet yeah, across Yeah, and the then his damn car caught on fire, and he walks out without a scratch. Definitely had a scratch, but I didn't see but, any scratch. See, that's the thing. Is I feel like <laughs> I didn't the, see any on him. The, the media was hospital. very unclear about, like, all this throughout this whole yeah. thing. Let's do some research. Mm-hmm. They Like, NASCAR, Roush Fenway Racing, like, everything, Ford, um, they were all, like, super unclear on, like, what happened. Throughout this whole thing, like these like last two days, yeah. well, basically conveying to the public like what had happened or like what he was injured with. They just said non-life threatening but critical well, that, condition. Yeah, I mean, he was, also, he was already released. 
No, it's also HIPAA. They have that HIPAA law where you can't like go and say what someone's going through. Yeah. Like physic or uh, yeah, like physically, or if they have an illness, you can't go out and say that. You mm. have to get permission from the family. So if his wife didn't want the public to know right away, then that 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 could be a reason. I'm not. I that don't makes know sense. If that is the reason, I was actually but. completely unaware of that. Didn't even know that was a thing. I went in high school. Shout out Doc, my boy. He taught me <laughs> that. Boy. Yeah, so he was in the hospital, but, like, he's been released. Yeah. I mean, he walked Not out. Not a ton of information on his injuries yet, though. Let's see. Yeah, I'm sure more stuff will come out. Yeah, it's still pretty early, I guess. Anyways, glad he's okay. Mm-hmm, for yeah, sure. it just baffles me how he literally walked out on his own. Like, how do you not walk out with, like, a broken leg? Like, like Something, right? Nothing. Like, you just flew. Like, you just, something's got to be He just broke. rattled, and that's it? Like, he had nothing. When he was walking out, it didn't look like oh, it, 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 anything exactly. on him. They got a picture of him here in the, in the in the hospital gown with his like standing and like holding his daughters and smiling. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. He got that boilermaker blood. He was just he was balling. He's tough, damn. He's a big dude too. Yeah, he's big. Yeah, he's pretty big. So, but uh, I thought it was interesting to see like how much ESPN covered it. Like they covered it for literally like five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like. A guy that's like such a big name in the racing world, I'd assume, because I'd heard of him before. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but for sure. like they don't talk about him like at all. Like this mm-hmm. is one of the craziest things that's happened so far this year, and they just spend five minutes on it. They're like, "Yeah, that's scary." All right, let's talk about the Astros now. Again, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> ESPN makes me mad, mm-hmm. but I mean we're gonna have to follow suit here. Have you guys been following that whole Astros situation? Oh yeah, a little bit. Enough to, enough to know that like you're probably super <laughs> mad about it. I'm very upset. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yes, extremely yeah. upset. I, I, I've I've been following it close enough to guess that. Yeah. So they, I mean, the thing that makes me mad, like, okay, they cheated, whatever. Like, everyone steals signs. We used to steal signs in high school. Like, I was gonna say, I've stole signs. Literally before. every game, if we could, if we could figure out the other team's signs, but we never, like, we had a camera in the back. Where we'd watch our own at bats, we never used, we never even thought to use that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's like, that takes some deliberate plan. Like to what they did was like super, super deliberate. It was a scheme. Super, it was super thought out, methodical, deliberate. It was very intricate, but it was also very stupid because they have cameras in their dugout watching them do everything that they did. Yeah, I mean, did the, you not it's the, it's the MLB. You know, you can't. Yeah, you're on camera. The whole time. You're mm-hmm. never not on camera. Yeah. But, like, I remember when it first, the, fir- the story first dropped, and <laughs> there's some idiot. He's on this computer, and then he sees it's like a whatever, and he goes, boo, 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 on the yeah. trash I think I saw a TikTok about that. <laughs> like, what are you doing? They were, they were at the spring Phil, training. Phil Collins filled in the air, like, yeah. Yeah. And then I saw one yesterday. There, Someone was at, like, Astros spring training. Yeah, he's banging on By Correa or something. He's just banging the trash can. Crazy. I mean, everyone's pissed about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you got to, like, take something away from them. Oh, they're going to get hit. It's just interesting hearing what people say. Like, I grew up in Houston, so, like, Obviously, a lot of Astros fans, and that's like, Jeez. I mean, like, kind of respected Rockets fans when I lived there. Definitely not Texans fans, but like the Astros were like one team that like their fans were respectable. They weren't the completely scummy. Yeah, they like yeah. they it's were solid they, people because they won 
three games for five years in a row. Yeah, yeah, and tickets were like two dollars a piece. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting, like seeing like old friends and stuff, like try and defend the whole thing on Twitter. Oh man, like you can't defend. You that. can't. You can't defend. There's no. You can't defending. even start defending that. <laughs> Crazy. It's, it's just. But um, yeah. Did you guys see the uh, what Nick Markakis said? No. Mm-mm. He was talking about how it's unacceptable and all this, and he goes, "All those guys over there need a beating." <laughs> and I was like, "They're gonna get hit so much this season." Yeah, I want to oh, buy. I want to buy tickets to the game they go to. Watch the, them all get pegged. No, when they go play the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. It's oh yeah, like, Yankee, they put Yankees it's in like, like September on a weekend. Yeah, they were, I want to fly out and go see it. They played Yankees. They play the Yankees in the semis, right? Right yeah. before, yeah, yeah. But the thing is. I don't know who tweeted it, but I saw it yesterday. It was, like, the sad part about the whole thing is the guys who, like, target and purposely, like, hit the Astros this upcoming year are going to get way more of a punishment than, like, their 2017 players did. Like, that hits. Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, I think that if I was a pitcher, I'm hitting them 100%. Just because, like, when we played, we just had this unwritten or, like, unspoken word that, yeah. If someone was talking shit on the other team, you're hitting them. That's like that's just it. It's just kind of what you do. But, um, it's it's just the payback I mean, for disrespect. I mean, I hope they don't get hit in like the head and get like seriously yeah. hurt because you see what can happen with like Giancarlo Stanton. Mm-hmm. He was out for like half the season because yeah, he had I mean, like, base. Dude, they throw hard. You know, yeah. <laughs> they throw hard these days. Can you imagine Chapman hitting Altuve in the head yeah, with I, a baseball? Can you imagine getting the hit by die. something near hundred <laughs> miles? Like whoa, like that's fast. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That'd be awful. So I hope they don't get hit, like, or I hope they don't. I hope they do get hit. There's a lot of get, there's like, a lot of places you, you, you hope can get, get hit, hit that really hurts. Like, like you get hit in the ankles, or yeah. like in the shin, or like in the ribs. Like that shit hurts. But you mean it's more of like a wake up call than like yeah. getting them injured. Yeah, just get them right in the middle of the back. Yeah, every single yeah, one of them. Yeah, you can't really you but can't really mess up somebody too bad if you hit them in the back, right? I mean, you can. I guess there's organs if, if you throw that hard. Yeah, you could, like, bruise a kidney. I think if you hit him high in the back. Yeah, you hit him high up. I don't know. If you hit him, like, in the middle. In the back of the neck, yeah. There's there's a lot of bad places you could hit him, too. I've seen people get their noses broken and stuff. Yeah, I saw a kid get his nose shattered at Little League. I saw a kid get hit in the face with a practice swing once. That was was one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, when I played, I never saw too many bad injuries. I don't think. Like, I remember one kid got in the face. Another kid shattered his nose. That was disgusting. <laughs> that's that's <hideous. laughs> That was really bad. And then, I think that's it. You don't really get hurt in baseball, honestly. See, my, like dad's, do. my dad's was more of, like, a freak injury. I like, still can't use my arm. <laughs> he he <laughs> used to play, like, my dad used to play, like, competitive softball, like, after college and stuff. Mm-hmm. And his was, like, nowhere near in the field of play. Like, he's just up against the fence. And the guy on the other team, I don't think they were – they were very cool with each other. I think they had some beef. The dude struck out and got pissed off and just straight up threw the bat at the fence. Cracked my dad's head open. Jeez. Oh. Which is pretty nutty. That's crazy. <laughs> dude, that's one unacceptable. So one time, I'll, I will literally never forget this for my entire life. I'll be 80 years old and I'll still think about this. This kid, I used to play at Noblesville Babe Ruth back home. And we were playing this game. And, or I was watching. We were playing next. And these two, this kid struck out and he threw his bat. And it goes through this, like, six-inch hole, like, gap between the uh, dugout and the fence. Yeah. Hits some lady right in the face, right? Oh, my God. So she she goes down. She's, like, covering, like, screaming, all this stuff. 
And then the dude's wife, or no, the the girl's husband. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. The girl's husband. Correct. <laughs> started screaming. And he goes, "I'm gonna get you!" So the dude takes off, runs into the freaking parking lot. <laughs> And the no dude, way, no way. Dude, I'll literally never forget this. He goes, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> bro. That's wild. Oh, that was so funny. Oh, man. <coughs> I feel like if you're playing in Babe Ruth, you're like minimum 13, right? Isn't that no, over? No, it's... I thought it was 13 to like... Seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. 13. 13 or 14. I think it's because Little League's till 12. Yeah, you play, yeah. You play Little League until 6th grade. Yeah, I played in seventh grade because I'm young as shit. Yeah, I think you're correct. Yeah, so 12, 12. I was twelve. I was twelve. But I mean, like, once you're thirteen years old, like, you gotta stop throwing the bat, man. Yeah. You can't be chucking <laughs> the bat. That's a little bit old to be throwing the bat around like that. Oh man, I was you ever disrespect the young stub? <coughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, All me time. too. I was of course. Bad. That was an issue of mine. I remember. You won't care if I say it. Joe Joe Burgess. Um. He's a he he like rests football, basketball, and then he's an umpire for baseball in Noblesville. And uh he was terrible all game. And so he struck me out on a ball that like the dude picked out off the ground. And I was like, Joe, what the hell are you doing? And he goes, <laughs> When I'm like fifteen I do this. And he goes, You better shut the hell up and go sit in your damn dugout. Because <laughs> we're like we're like kind of family friends with him. But yeah, I would run my mouth a lot. Yeah. Uh, I was always a pitcher, so, you know, like, I'm always looking for the call. I'm always looking for the calls. I, I was a big pain in the outside corner, like, you know, because that's just what you do. Yeah. And so, you know, if I'm not getting them, I'm already pissed, and I go up to bat, and I get struck out, I'll, I would, be, I would, I would like, do this. I don't even know how I could do it, but I, like, did this fucking thing with my head. It was just the most disrespectful, <laughs> the most disrespectful moment, like, movement I could come up with, and I definitely got called out a couple times. They would come over to the dugout and yell at yeah. me, and I'm, benched and shit but like it was worth it i mean generally when, when i played baseball i think i was i was i was more quiet in baseball than any sport actually unless i struck out off some bullshit oh dude but, i run my mouth no matter what but if you catch me if you catch me on a basketball court we had i don't know 20 game seasons definitely averaged like eight texas season yeah and that I, was like sixth seventh grade i just ran my mouth a lot when I, I remember uh being on a seventh grade basketball team and you know so it was like seventh grade eighth grade and the kids a year older than us there was this <laughs> this one kid was such a head case he punched one of our own players in the <laughs> stomach on the court one time <laughs> in a game that was probably one of the funniest things i've ever witnessed was him just scream and then punch this kid in the stomach for trying to calm him down yeah, absolute head case. I mean, dude, I feel like basketball refs are almost the easiest to get mad at. I just, I remember like one of my, one of my last games like middle school, I got like so pissed at a ref. And you know, like sometimes you just like kind of throw your hands down, like you just get mad. Mm -hmm. Well, my thumbs just got like locked in my pockets, and I did that, and I just pants myself like center court. <laughs> That's hella. That the is whole crowd. That is maximum karma. Yeah, that is I the mean, maximum. I was, of karma. I was livid, and I was what thirteen years uh -huh. old. And I just throw my hands down, thumbs get stuck in my pockets, just pants down to my ankles, in front of everyone. That's crazy. That's terrible. <laughs> oh god, Lord. But I mean, I was watching one of my sister's games a couple of years ago, and I think it was my sister actually. She she like got off balance or something, and fell into the ref, and down goes shorts. Like literally, the ref got pants like in the middle of the game. And like, are refs supposed to wear belts? Like I, I think they do. Man, These are supposed I, to wear wow. special pants. 
Uh, do you guys see the new NFL schedule and playoff format? Brief. I actually haven't taken taken a very close <laughs> look at it, to be honest. Yeah, very briefly, let's see, what, let's see what we got. Our pretty looking. Like, wh- what were you hoping for, Dub? Like, what did what did you want it to change to? I didn't want it to change at all. I thought I, it was fine. I wanted them to get rid of a um, preseason game, at least one, maybe make it two or three. But they they did the that. Preseason could expand to fourteen teams. Yeah, I think they're adding. Yeah, one. so add one each conference. Nice. So is there still wild cards? Yeah, but I, I guess there'd be three aside now. Because now, now only the one seed gets a buy instead of the one and the two. So that places the first wild card team playing the two seed. So they're still wild cards because they didn't win their division. So what I'm assuming is that the two lower wild cards would play each other, right? And then the winner of that would play the one seed. Yeah. And so the number one wild card would play the two seed, and the rest would be as it has been in the past. But I haven't yeah. read into it. That's why Yeah, I- so it says uh, Saturday the 9th, Sunday the 10th, AFC, NFC, wild card round, one of each, each day. So four. And then divisional round the next week. Saturday? Is that right? Are they really going to be playing Saturday games? Yeah, they do that late yeah. in the season. They do that anyway? After college football winds down. Oh, that's, that's right, because college is done. All right, so how are they going to have four wild card games? And that's gonna be a sick weekend, though. Can you watch four wild card see. games? Oh, that makes sense. Be- yeah, that makes sense. There's because there's gonna be three on each side. Yeah. Yeah. So the lower two will play each other. Yeah, the lower two will play each other, and then whoever the wins that two, will yeah. play the the one seed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why that confused me so much after I literally just bunch said that. <laughs> so so wait, four wild card games, four divisional games. They change championship games, else. Super Bowl. So then they cut. Uh, so preseason game too. So they did, oh, so they, I believe there's just one they, more no, no, preseason no, no. game in each conference they, now. Yes, but they also added seven, another game to the yeah, regular seven, season. Seventeen, for each team. seventeen really? season now. Yeah, yeah seventeen. Yeah, yeah. So was still. So they, I mean, they got to take away something or not? Maybe, no, 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 no. Maybe they want to make more money. <laughs> yeah, that's clearly. What I mean, that's obviously, why that's what they want. They do, replaced but. a preseason game with a regular season game, but uh, for like to make more money because they'll make millions off of one game. Yeah, oh I mean, yeah, make way more or city. one week they'll make. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, they'll make a ton. It's all money. But I wanted so them there's 17 games, 17, eight week, eight, 18 eight, weeks, 18 yeah, weeks. So you get one, one buy. Wow, I didn't even see that side of it. I think they should just start a week earlier and give teams two bye weeks. Yeah, the whole one bye thing is like pretty like. It's a long season. I, under, I understand exactly. that like you want to make money and like. <laughs> The less teams that have buys, the more money you make. But, like, you also want them to have players left at the end of the yeah. season, right? I mean, at the end of the day, for the NFL, it's about making money. But for the players, it's about make sure you can walk when yeah, you you're got, 40 yeah, years yeah, old. You, you got know a, what I mean? You got to last. Not, <laughs> yeah, even, just so, not even just to the playoffs. You don't have to last till then. You have to last when you're done with the league and you're trying yeah. to, like, play with your kids in the yard, right? Yeah. There's so many guys. It's so sad, honestly. It's the same as like UFC fighters and boxers. It's like Shazier, you know, my Pittsburgh boy. Like, that was oh, that, was, that, that was, was a freak injury, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it was a freak injury, but like, it just shows. I've, I've never seen somebody not be able to walk before. Like he was awake, but like couldn't mm-hmm. get up. I've never seen. That. I was at that game. That was. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that was fucked. That was fucked up. So. That was really scary. But he's doing a lot better. So at that mm-hmm. point, it doesn't. It's like not a f- about football at all. It's like, man, can mm-hmm. this? 
can this guy like play with his kids when he's older like yeah but he's doing much better he's walking and i think they've done a lot more to to combat like all the brain injuries and it's not even about the brain injuries i mean it is that's the biggest one but it's also like the knees and the shoulders and the arms and all that type of stuff because a lot of the guys like that's why so many guys get hooked on like vicodin and painkillers like that because they literally can't they can't live without it on monday mornings yeah like they're literally especially the linemen i believe yeah someone said i forget where i saw that but especially linemen, they literally cannot get up in the mornings because they don't their knees are just destroyed i think think about already weighing you know 300 or 280 or you know and then Exerting all of your strength against another person the same size as you. Yeah. yeah. For the whole game. Like, that is... For several have, hours. I would say they have, like, one of the hardest physical jobs by far. Yeah. Like, as far as, like, physical, just, like, exerting. Like, that's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why lot. When, when you look at the people, both, both offensively and defensively, like, linemen, like, when they're, like, dominant... Like, that's ridiculous. The fact that they're able to overpower <laughs> to separate, someone. Yeah, separate like, themselves. Like, Nick them. Bosa, like, what in the world? That's crazy. Like, yeah, the way, yeah, the, how they can separate themselves from, from like, great offensive tackles and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It just yeah. is, like, unbelievable. Yeah, it is yeah. unbelievable. I wish they got a little more love. Yeah. I always like it when uh, when they get some love from the whoever's, like, covering the game. Like, Quentin, Quentin Nelson does. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. of McAfee. Yeah. yeah. If McAfee didn't talk about him, we would not be talking. Guarantee it. He'd be one of those guys that if you're a fan of the Colts or a fan of like a divisional team, then you know who he is. But if you're not, then you really like you, you know his name. Know. Yeah, but you, but you you're just really like kind of like wow. maniac. Who? I feel like Darius Leonard. No. I mean, not, not because of Pat. No, no, no. He but made in the terms Pro Bowl, of, I, and bro, he literally went to a like a Super Bowl party with Masvidal, Jorge Masvidal. He's in the UFC. And then little baby, yeah, the but baby. The fact that his rookie he, oh. year he got snubbed from the Pro Bowl and is All Pro just shows you the fact that he's All Pro because he's he's named an All Pro, yeah. but he's not voted into the Pro Bowl because he doesn't have that exposure like around the league. Like people That's in true. the division know who he is, but like league wide, he's not like a known face. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to agree with that though. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. It's getting kind of late. We got class tomorrow. But uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it was good talking with you, Doug. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, bye, everybody.